welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 36. I am your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have just a couple of beans on the line tonight. Not not too many, only a couple. We have Chewy. How are you going, Chewy? I'm a bit flat, if I'm honest. I, okay. Yeah, I uh, got to level 92, and then I forgot to buy the Mastery Pass, and I missed out on all the classes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But apart from that, I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. How, how are you, mate? How are you? Um, I'm okay. Uh, yeah, and we also have another bean who you may have heard laughing in the background then, which is uh, Cracker. How are you going, Cracker? Good, mate. Honestly, I've never <laughs> even looked at buying a Mastery Pass. <laughs> Probably because I never get close enough to make it worthwhile, but anyway. I mean, you, you barely play Magic. So that is true. I'm not really sure why we actually have you on the on the cast. Oh, because of these dulcet tones, man. Yeah, that's yeah. It, that's it. And I cut Chewy off when he goes on a tangent. Yeah, he's just, he's just the fun police, that's all. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I've been known to play someone I read. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, you are tall brand. You got the red beard and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. We're already off to a good start. We're, we're a couple of minutes in and we're, we're all over the place. So let's let's bring it back in line. We, uh, we, we normally say at the start of the episode that we've got a ton of things to talk about and we're going to have to try and push through it. But uh, tonight's not too bad. We've, we've got a few topics to talk about. But uh, we should have plenty of time to actually discuss the things that we want to at length for a change. And uh, we'll, we will try and keep Chewy's tangents to a minimum. Oh, but buckle if, up. If he goes on a couple up. tonight, don't be surprised. <laughs> All right. So we thought we'd have a chat sort of catching up from the last two weeks of what we've been up to. So the last cast uh, or the last normal episode two weeks ago when we recorded we were just about to go into our league finals uh, and it was a little bit up in the air still as to who was going to be playing in that there was a few sort of uh, late comers that hadn't really played all their matches yet and well they kind of stormed their way up the ladder it's it's pretty safe to say uh, i think crush the competition is what they did <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we ended up uh, in our top two from Group A, uh, Benny R and Map, and uh, yeah, they they both were very late to play all their matches. I think they'd both played one or two matches through most of the league, and then yeah, last last couple of days went on absolute tears, and and yeah, took I think uh, Stu was sitting on the top of the ladder for a little while, but yeah, knocked him off. And uh, yeah, we we'd already already known that Cracker was locked in in Group B. But, uh, yeah, Hemsey sort of stormed their way up as well at the last minute and uh, finished in second. So we ran our league finals, which we've spoken about plenty of times, and we commentated and uh, streamed it live on Twitch, myself and Chewy and Polywaffle doing the uh, the commentating duties. It was really fun, uh, really, really fun yeah, to do that. I enjoyed it last time. This time was better because it was... Uh bit smoother and uh, you were clicking the buttons in the background, not me. <laughs> so I could just talk and not have to, you know, try to multitask, which is certainly not my strength. So uh, <laughs> it was it was great. And, you know, I, I did say it on the stream, um, you know, you did an enormous job uh, with the uh, with the overlays and, and the overall presentation of it. It was really professional. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go and check out our VOD on Twitch. Uh, it was uh, really great production. The commentary was as good as we could do because I was commentating. <laughs> uh, but the game, we had some really great matches as well. The, uh, you know, what, what decks did we have? Uh, we had, uh, what did you play, Joel? Because you, you you were in the top four. What were you running? Cycling, buddy. Bora cycling all the way. Yeah, about the only deck you can actually play on Arena. 
So now, got, now. All they got the wild cards. Is that the only deck you can play because all he knows how to do is cycle cards because Living End? Or <laughs> oh, Really? <laughs> See, for, for the three leagues we've played, each time I've picked a deck and played the same deck the whole way through. I respect yeah, that. That's enough. good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. Hey, I don't mind that. Um, and then um, who else did we have? We had a, a, another cycling deck in the top four with Map. Yep. And then we had uh, Hemsey showed up with uh, Simic Mutate. Hemsey brought the spice. Yep. Uh, he saw that you did so well with Simic Mutate in the previous <laughs> league that he uh, he thought that's a deck for me. And he, he probably went, well, I mean, that guy's an absolute scrub, so yeah. <laughs> if, if he can <laughs> at least win a couple works. of games. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Benny R came with the Jund Sacrifice deck. So, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe a week or so ahead of his time if you uh, – no, actually, on, on trend – uh, if you listen to our previous episode with uh, our interview with uh, Pro Tour Top 8 competitor, sorry, Players Tour Top 8 competitor, Isaac Egan, <laughs> who uh, sort of, yeah, finished top of the Swiss at the recent Player Tour with John Sack. So deck's pretty well positioned mm. at the moment, I think. So, so yeah, uh, four four players, three different um, archetypes, and, and we had some pretty good matches. And, and the coverage... Uh, went well, uh, I think. A couple of little things that are, you know, barely a wrinkle, really. But yeah, a few, few, few yeah. technical hiccups here and there, and yeah, yeah, forgetting not having sound when we first started. Things <laughs> a like few that. Little things like that. Uh, but um, some people would say that was an improvement. But you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah potentially. Yeah. Uh, but having like the the work that you did, Shorty, for having both players' hands visible and such, really made it a a, a great experience to watch. So. Um, yeah, if you haven't, as I said, if you haven't checked it out, please go back and check it out. Uh, so, Cracker, you're in the top four. How'd you go? Oh, mate. I won a game. A game? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just the one. Just the one. So, who did you so play in the first round? I played Benny R first up. And as we said, he was on John Sack, which I have found to be a difficult matchup at the best of times. Yes. And he just crushed me. <laughs> It's not the way of putting it. I, I barely put up any kind of fight. Actually, it felt like in those kind of those couple of games. You had a few mulligans, which didn't help your yeah, I did. position. I did. Either. And he had a yeah. couple of particularly good draws, but that is the way it goes. Um, Mayhem Devil is a hell of a card, particularly against trying to go wide with a bunch of three ones and one ones. Ouch! That that doesn't go so well. And uh, you need to draw Zenith Flare at some point. But anyway, I had heaps of fun. Uh, and then in the Third and fourth battle, I guess, was the, the second match I played was against uh, Hemsey. And uh, I managed to take a really close game off him. And actually, our match was really fun, the one with Hemsey. That was- um, That was a good one was, to watch, actually. That was that was a lot of fun. There was, there was some really interesting decisions there and some very skillful, not punted blocks and things at all <laughs> from my end. <laughs> no way I played things horribly. No, no. It was, it was a lot of fun, uh, particularly game three. Was, was really close. That was really tight. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was worth watching, definitely. That yeah, was- I, I really enjoyed going back and watching the VOD, actually, even though we were, we were just chatting before about how awkward it is to, like, watch your own videos and things. But it was it was interesting to hear the commentary, what you guys were talking about, and, and some of the lines and, you know, the thought process that I had at the time and, and what you were thinking and what you were trying to sort of, you know, see what, what the plan was. It was, was fun. It was good to kind of work out things that, you know, different lines that people would take in different spots. Hmm. No, fantastic. So, as you said, um, you played Hemsey in the uh, 
in the battle for third and fourth, which means yes. that um, I got a solid fourth. <laughs> so, solid fourth, top four finish. Can't complain. Hey, me too. I got that last time. Hey, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> I haven't finished in the top four yet, so um, I can't. Uh, I can't give you any stick for that. So, so Benny R and Map battled it out for uh, for the top spot. So, um, so Benny R played you in the first round, Cracker, which he means did. Matt played Hemsey. Mm-hmm. So Map and Benny R progressed to the finals. You and Hemsey battled it out. Then Map and Benny R had a, again a really interesting set of matches. So Junsack versus Boris Cycling, and in the interview that we did prior to the uh, prior to the finals or after the the first round, both players sort of were confident but understood the uh, the important cards and um, and the important draws that the other player could have. So. Both seem to know the matchup really well, and and I think that really showed in the gameplay, where yeah there was a uh, yeah some, some very tight gameplay yeah really tight, and where we were like oh this is over, and then the player would just claw their way back, and you know all of a sudden we had a game again, and yeah it was it was really really good, so um, really enjoyable to watch, and you know shout out to those guys for playing some good magic, so well done yeah so Benny Benny R took it down, I think it ended up being a two zero victory in the end. It did, but, but that was like really went, long games. Yeah, yeah, it yep. went, went for quite a while, which made it great for us for, for commentating and yeah, made, made for good coverage. So, yeah, it was was an awesome time. Like Chewie said, if you didn't catch it, the VOD's still there on Twitch, so you can go and find that. It is good to watch and, yeah, pretty proud of uh, how the overlays and everything worked. Uh, yeah, a few, <laughs> few issues with my computer, you know, doing some slowing, <laughs> absolute slowing down, nearly, nearly crashing, but uh, it made it through, so... That was cool. Uh, we had yeah plenty of people tuning in to watch it, and yeah we gave away a bunch of arena codes as well. So I think everybody had a had a pretty great time, and we will definitely be looking forward to doing that again. Uh, we we said we were going to have a short break from doing our leagues. We've kind of been doing them back to back to back. Uh, we thought we might give it a give it a break for a couple of weeks, and then we'll announce another one. So we we may announce that on the next episode in a fortnight. So keep an eye out or an ear out for that. And, yeah, definitely come and join us because they are a lot of fun, always free to enter, and, yeah, grab yourself some prizes. So So they'll probably be M21 boosters, I'd imagine. Yes. Yep. Yeah, nice. We'll have to work something out for that. So, But uh, you and I, Chewie, have been doing some more streaming as well. We we were lucky enough to be invited into the, uh, the Wizards Early Access Streamer event. So... If you don't know what this is, every time there's a new set that comes out, or over the last couple of years at least, Wizards has been giving or giving streamers the opportunity to get their hands on the cards early. So they, they give you a special account to use, and basically the day before the set releases on Arena, you can log in and stream as much as you want. You have effectively infinite wild cards and golden gems. And yeah, you can you can you know build a bunch of decks and have some fun. So how good was it to see like the VIP icon on your desktop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, uh, just, a bit of a just head sort of being a part like of it, <laughs> hovering over your wild cards and seeing fifteen thousand of each of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, like, it was okay. awesome. Yeah, and there was a there was a Discord set up with the um, the content creators, and and there was a bit of chat there, and um, yeah, it was it was awesome. So you jumped on. Um, so we kind of align with sort of the European streamers, I guess, um, yeah. more than the US. So yeah, like the time the time zone for us, it was sort of I think one a.m. to eleven p.m. on a weekday. So I think it was a Thursday, 
which makes it a little bit hard for us when, when we're you know still working full time that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I jumped on it pretty much as soon as I got home, so I jumped on about four p.m. ish, and yeah, streamed up till about seven thirty, and then you took over. So we got a good whatever that is six to seven hours of of stream going, and yeah, it was just great. The whole whole experience was was really cool. It was just cool to be a part of something official that uh, you know. Content creators, I guess you'd yeah, call us. Felt, felt oh, legit. no. Felt legit. Oh, no. was good. What I found, it was normally I will look at a deck to play in standard. Like when a new set comes out, I'll look at a deck uh, and go, oh, this deck gains this card. I'll keep playing this deck, but I'll just update it until the format figures itself out, and then I'll just play whatever the best deck is or yeah. whatever appeals to me. Not necessarily the best deck, but the deck that sort of, yeah, that I, I think I might enjoy. But this was the first time in a really long time, and this kind of felt like like going way, way back, showing my age here, like pre-streaming and, and internet. <laughs> Pre-net decks? Pre, yeah, when, when net decking was, um, you know, something that you pulled from a, a forum somewhere or something. So <laughs> from the Was it Scry magazine? Yeah, well, not quite that old, but maybe something off, <laughs> off the early days of Reddit or uh, Paradise for the Australian viewers, MTG Paradise. Yeah, 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 yeah the forums. Yeah, and... Um, where you actually had to brew and it was really fun. And we weren't necessarily brewing for what well, I was brewing what I thought was, would be a good deck and would be powerful and, and could potentially be a player in the metagame. But then I'm like, there's these really cool things that I want to do. Right. So <laughs> hang you know, on, hang on. Just, just one second. The dogs deck. Oh, no, how cool is that? <laughs> you know, it was just like dogs for days, man. It was great. So I, right. for, for those who didn't know, I got all the 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 Naya color, the red, white, and green. Um, anything in standard that had creature type dog um, with some lands and Embercleave, and it w- wasn't very good, but it was fun. So we got to play lots of dogs. So yeah, I mean you you are you are a dogs fan in uh, in Aussie rules football or footy it's, as we call it. Ex- exactly, and you know I have a Labrador cross. Yeah, you know. I I call him a Labrador unless I'm angry at him, and then I call him a Labrador cross. You're also a dog sometimes, but. Um, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Can we pause the cast and sort this out? Okay, welcome back, guys. Um, so we've (laughs) there's now only two beans. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, as I said, I played the dog's deck, I played green white plus one counters, um, and uh, some I played a, a really cool deck that I saw somebody played against Shorty. And we were all like, this deck's amazing. I don't know how good it is, but it's awesome. Uh, where it was basically the Simic Mutate Shell with uh, Terror of the Peaks. And, um, yeah, it uh, it kind of did its thing against Shorty, and we're all very impressed. If you can't remember what Terror of the Peaks is, it is a card from the new set. So it's, I think we, I think we might have spoken about, about the previous cast. Yeah, yeah, so it's a three red red for a, uh, a dragon, five four flyer. Spells your opponent's cast that target Terror of the Peaks cost an additional three life to cast. So it's it's a, a pay life tax on trying to kill this dude, which is not the important part and not the reason why Chewie was playing it in that deck. The second part of it is whenever another creature enters a battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. So how did that work out for you, Chewie? Yeah, it was awesome. When when you've got the um, Aluna and the Sterics, yeah, um, you could just like have that big combo turn. So you had the you know you had ramp, 
uh, in because one of the best creatures in the mutate deck is the arboreal grazer because uh, it costs one and you uh yeah you could uh, get a quick terror of the peaks and then start mutating starixes and alunas and, and and getting all these triggers and you know it was pretty fun so i i really did enjoy it um i learned a lot like how to mutate onto Nissa lands. Um, <laughs> you, you learn don't mutate onto Nissa lands. <laughs> yeah, you're better off just mutating onto something else because you always yes. get it wrong and you end up with a 3-3 three, three and 7-9-9, nine, nine. but, you know, whatever. But, yeah, the deck was really fun. I, I don't think it's, like, awesome for, you know, it's, I haven't broken the format or anything, but um, it was really fun to play. Um, it was a good sort of showcase of the new cards um as far as that is yeah concerned. that, that so, was yeah. kind of the purpose of the event like the the whole thing is to try and showcase the the new cards and, and come up with cool brews and that sort of thing and you you can play in sealed events and drafts and that sort of stuff which i think they were sort of struggling to fire a little bit in the in the later evening when by the time chewy got on but we're hoping if if we're lucky enough to get invited next time that uh, yeah we might be able to string together a, a longer stream and in a few shifts and maybe even get Cracker on there streaming. Stop we'll it. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what did you play, Shorty? Uh. Yeah. So I I sort of took that uh mantra to heart and played a few different brews as well. Uh. I start I started off with uh mono red deck just to uh, keep the blaster boy happy. Played some yeah mono red cavalcade and trying to get the I've completely blanked on what it's called Chandra's igniter. That's the one, Chandra's igniter. It's a six mana six five and it gets cheaper for each non combat damage you've dealt to your opponent this turn. Yeah, it's not called Chandra's igniter. It's called something else. <laughs> you sure? Uh, but it it makes sense to, uh, with cavalcade, right? So you pa- play a bunch of one drops and then you like attack with cavalcade. And do a whole bunch of non-combat damage, as well as a bunch of damage from attacking with your one drops. And then you just drop a six five. It's kind of like that hammer blow, right? You're, yeah, like, you're yeah. playing like a two mana six five. Does it have trample? Yeah, oh, it does. Chandra's yeah. incinerator. Incinerator. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a six six with trample. And uh so this spell costs X less to cast where X is the total amount of non-combat damage dealt to your opponents this turn. And whenever a source you control deals non-combat damage to an opponent, Chandra's Incinerator deals that much damage to target creature or planeswalker that player controls. Hmm. So the whole point of what I was trying to do was cast that really cheap. It's like, right, that's 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 my goal. I'm going to try and cast it as cheap as I possibly can. And I just kept failing at it. <laughs> you, you did cast it for six <laughs> once, though. Yeah, the, the first time I cast it, I paid the full six mana for it. So. <laughs> you kept killing people before you drew it, which is your problem. <laughs> but look, I, I, don't think, I don't think the important thing is that you killed people with cavalcade. I think the important thing is the, uh, the opponents that you beat during this event. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I humbly hand over the, the mantle of, uh, of Procular. <laughs> uh, this is the official handover from from me to you, Shorty. Um, so you uh, you took down some very big names, some yes. mythic championship winners, and uh, and 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 some other MPL players. So talk us mm. talk us through that. You you have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it really counts for much. Like we're playing in a super casual event, I'm not I'm not really taking uh, too much credit for it. But Come yeah, on, mate, was, you I haven't was... stopped talking about it since the time it happened. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you well, might I think well you've talked about it more than me. But anyway. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to get paired up against uh, Andrea Mangucci. So, uh, yeah, beat, beat him. That was good fun. And then uh, not long after that, got paired up against Canister and uh, beat him. 
And then not long after that, got paired up against uh, Gregor's Kowalski and yeah, beat him as well. So that was good fun. Three three MPL players and uh, managed to knock them all off. But yeah, very very casual. We're all playing random janky decks. So it was good fun. I liked the Saltai um, peer through depth. Yeah, peer, so- peer into the abyss underworld dreams combo. So yeah, that, w- that was another deck I played. So yeah, you're, you're trying to cast the peer into the abyss, which is target player draws... Uh, half the cards in their library and loses half their life but if you cast that with an underworld dreams on the battlefield which is a three mana enchantment that when your opponent draws a card they lose a life you instant kill them basically they draw half their library and then just take a a whole bunch of damage so played that uh, for a little while that was actually surprisingly good did did pretty well with that one not sure how that would go in standard at the moment the old nine mana insta kill huh yeah (laughs) you got ramp spells you got missa yeah, I, mean, I had one turn where I like you're playing uh, Bolas of Citadel as well. So yeah, I had one turn <laughs> where it's like, all right, I'm I'm dead next turn. Um, I'm just going to drop this Bolas of Citadel and then just went off and chained a whole bunch of things together and yeah, got got the win. So that was good fun. I tr- I also tried the green white counters deck that Chewy played and that actually seems fairly competitive. Well, uh, we might see a bit more of that in standard at some point. Maybe it might be a post-rotation deck. We'll, we'll sort of have to see how that one goes. There's kind of a card that's keeping small, well, mid-range creature decks in check right now. Yes, we'll, so, we'll, we'll get into that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's rotating keep, anytime soon. Keep, keeping, no. keeping creatures with a colour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. And, uh, yeah, the other deck I played, I built a mono-blue self-mill deck. So I wanted to play the new Teferi just to see how that went. And Baron was the other one, which is uh, an interesting take on a Man of War where uh, it, you know, it comes into play and it can bounce a creature or a Planeswalker uh, of either yours or your opponent's. But if you bounce one of your creatures, then you get to draw a card at the end of turn. So, yeah, doing a whole bunch of milling and uh, bouncing my creatures back that, that have their mill triggers and then uh, winning with either the Jace Wielder of Mysteries or the Thassa's Oracle. So, yeah, surprisingly got a few wins with that as well. Definitely accidentally milled myself <laughs> once. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win. That's <laughs> how so you know you're doing it right. You accidentally deliberately did that on stream just for the attention and, and the laughs. So, well yes, done. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of showmanship. Yes, yes, did, good. did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, but I really enjoyed it. I really look forward to the next one. Yeah, As you said, fun. having a, uh, you know, I might plan for uh, a little bit of time off. When we know the next one's coming up, I'll, I'll book an ADO and yep. um, yeah, try to try to extend the stream and, and get some uh, get some more um, action. Cause is it Zendikar that comes out next? Yeah, next next set is sure Zendikar is. set. So we can in, uh, you know, in October crack scolding tarns and stuff. It'd be great. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, yeah. no. Are, are yep. you going to just have like packs of original Zendikar to be able to do that? That'd be nice. Maybe next Chaos Draft, I'll get some original Zendika. I'm, I'm sure Polywaffle has a box stashed away somewhere. He does now that we mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, that that was, you know, the uh, 24 hours before the uh, the Magic M21, sorry, yeah, Magic 21 was out. Uh, it's been out for, what, a week or so now? Yeah, what a bit are, over a week. Yeah. What are we yep. seeing? Uh, I haven't played that much. 
but uh, yeah, got got on the stream the other night. We've been doing a lot of streaming lately, which is really good. If you if you're not following us on Twitch, just shameless plug here. Go and find us on Twitch, Magic Beans Cast, because uh, I think we're putting out some pretty good content at the moment. It's really fun. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely yeah, don't, enjoying don't it. Know if it. Don't know if it's good, but it's fun. <laughs> um, but uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I I streamed for the other the other night, and uh, I put a a vote a poll up on our Discord and asked what people wanted to see, and the the votes came back of wanting to see some Simic ramp with uh, with our old mate Eugene that seems to be taking over standard already. Who'd have I think, thought? Uh, yeah, who, who would have thought that with all this ramp in the format, it wouldn't be hard to uh, to get an eight-mana Planeswalker on the battlefield? And, yeah, I think I, I played for, what, like two and a half hours, and I think you guys watched a fair bit of it. We had a yeah. whole bunch of people just concede as soon as I <laughs> cast <Eugene. laughs> It was hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, th- That's I think people are... That's a combo to win the game, man. You don't even need that extra black pip. You just put Eugene on the stack and win. Well, the thing is, you can you can pretty easily hit turn three Nyssa. It's not, not that hard to do. You can go turn one Grazer, turn two Cultivate, and then turn three Nyssa. So you can actually untap on turn four and cast the old Eugene or the newer, the War of the Spark one that makes your colourless things cost two less. And then you can also cast the new one all on turn four. So that's a little bit... A, a, a little bit of a problem. Sorry, are we talking about a uh, a modern deck here or a standard deck? <laughs> <laughs> no, because turn Tron. three Tron only gets to play one. Yeah, play Khan. You also get to do a couple of attacks in there with your Nissa lands. So, hang on, hang on, hang on. What you miss a very important point there. You also get to attack with your a boreal grazer. Oh yeah, yes, yes. If, is- if you ever have the option, if you're not playing against an opponent that's playing hasty creatures, you should always be attacking with your. With your arboreal grazer, just to send a message. Send that message, people. It's good. Yeah, I, I love it. it. It also thoroughly confuses your opponent, and they think you're a scrub. So, <laughs> it, you know, I've got that you, part right. You, you're getting some. Well, you know, you're picking up some percentage points there somewhere. That's right. Yeah. The old they didn't even block that. That was attack. a disappointing thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they never block it. <laughs> so are we seeing uh, seeing much of a change in the. You know the tears of the the metagame in standard. You reckon? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. There's a few people with tears when you, they get Ugin cast against them. Um, <laughs> um, but it's a uh, it, it is definitely dominating the early phases of the metagame. There's there's any iteration of uh, green ramp. So Saltai, Bant, blue green ramp um, that are just ramping into Ugin. And it, it seems like a really popular, obviously really powerful strategy. And that's something that is definitely a, uh, uh, a thing you need to account for. There's also a, uh, like a mono black board control deck that is also playing some number of Ugin as their top end as well. Um, they, they get ramp off, um, the solemn simulacrum and just like play the longer game. They're not, they're not looking to get. Ugin out on turn four, but they're, um, you know, it is kind of their finisher. So it's it's everywhere. Um, Teamer Elementals also, you know, hoping to hit hit Ugin off the ultimatum. So, yeah, there's uh, a lot of decks that are, you know, just putting Ugin in because it's so powerful. And that's always been the issue with colourless cards is that they can just go in yeah, just fit every everywhere. deck, right? So even a deck that wants to play 
Risen Reef and, and get those benefits of having things on the battlefield. Risen Reef's fine as a, a, a speed bump and a ramp spell, but then you just, rather than trying to ride that, the, uh, the, the small incremental advantage from Risen Reef to victory, it's just a means to an end to get Ugin. So yeah, it's, the format needs to adjust, uh, I, I think, but yeah, so I would say, and I've, I've put in our, our show notes kind of a, you know, based on our limited experience, limited constructed experience <laughs> that makes sense yeah the, small the, sample of construction <laughs> yes the uh the ramp strategies obviously t1 at the moment team Arec hasn't gone anywhere it's still really good still wins games and a deck with a whole bunch of uh counter magic is good when people are trying to resolve eight minute sorcery speed things so that makes sense um and then there's a couple of decks that are trying to either attack from a different angle or just straight up get under uh, the the ramp strategy. So, Jun Sack seems to have a uh, you know a, a good presence in the metagame, and, and it seems quite well positioned. It's one uh, of those decks, like we've spoken about it plenty of times. It just you can customize that deck to suit what you want, but it it just has that grinding ability where it doesn't really care that much about Ugin and and other things that you're doing because it can still just grind out value and sacrifice its board when you try and wipe it and, and things like that. So yeah, Ugin doesn't get rid of. Um, Witch's oven, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, yeah, the the best way to possibly get under a ramp strategy is to play Cavalcade of Calamity, right? So yeah, get them dead fast. Get them just yeah, just just dead them. Um, yeah. What's the the new two drop that has the Chandra Spitfire ability? It just doesn't uh, fly. Chandra's Pyre Hound, I think it Pyre is. Pyre Hound, yeah. So you've got basically eight Chandra Spitfires now to go with all your one drops and your Cavalcade. So and then. Piling. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty great. So, just don't play the incinerator or whatever it's called because it's cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a mistake. Yeah. So yeah, so what do you, so that that I think are the tier one decks at the moment. Uh, Cracker, what do you reckon is in tier two? Well, there's probably Flash as we talked about, depending on what your flavor of that is. Um, probably Simic these days. There's pro- there's still some. Um, Demir Flash kicking around. People are, are still trying to do the whole uh, cunning Night Wanderer, I think it is. The thing yep. that makes your Flash spells uncountable. Flash is pretty hard up against um, Bant. <laughs> just yeah. with Teferi <laughs> into Ugin is just um, too much. Then there's also Mono Green, which I think is actually pretty good. I've seen some some really consistent like turn four kills with, with Mono Green, um, just kind of curving out. They're playing a lot of gem raisers in the main and a lot of snakes. The Stone Call Serpent is particularly good, I think, at the moment. It kind of doesn't comes die to Ugin. Doesn't die to Ugin. Doesn't die to um, Expansion Explosion. Doesn't get bounced by Teferi. Has Trample, so it goes over cats and things. So I think it's it's particularly strong at the moment. So if you've got room and you're wanting to play creatures, maybe have a look and see if you can fit that in there somewhere. And then, you know, there's a couple of other things. There's still Mardu Knights. They're still gruel. I don't think they're good enough anymore. The the problem that we have now, right, is that like for the last couple of years, the, all the most busted things have been Simic and they've all been ramp. Right. Yeah. Right. And so like Grazer was always just a problem for aggro decks because you go, aha, I've got a one one with haste. And they go, aha, I've got an O three. <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and it also has reach. And and, and yeah, it's got reach and yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Cause I was playing one ones with flying. But anyway, so 
yeah, it just seems that the um, the aggro decks are just struggling because they, in theory, they should be favoured against the ramp decks, but the problem is that Jund just murders anything cheap, right? If you're trying to play creature strategies, good good luck. You you just can't beat Jund or or um, Rack or Sack, right? But, just, but on it's, that it's as well, matchup. though, like. The ramp strategies, traditionally ramp strategies have been like rampant growth cultivate effects, right? But sure. But now ramp- Yeah, now ramp strategies gain you three life and bring in a 6-6 six, six, <laughs> or they're, a, they're an 0-3 blocker or mm-hmm. they make three threes, right? So- Yep. Um, or they get a land when they come into play and draw a card when they leave uh, in Solemn that we're seeing now. So it's a different paradigm for, uh, for ramp now and they are so much- more resilient to you know the aggressive decks so and, and as we've seen mono red which has kind of never gone anywhere in the metagame has reverted back to cavalcade uh, be, just as a way to punch through because uh you know if your one one haste guy is getting blocked by the uh the o3 at least cavalcade gives you you know recurring damage so yeah 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 it's it's tricky and look I don't mind that like ramp is is the the thing at the moment. It's probably too good. The thing that I I think is interestingly absent is control. Mm. I haven't seen anyone trying to really do, you know, a really good control deck. I haven't seen anyone trying to make white. Yeah, it just feels. I mean, underwhelming. I mean, what what are you going to do? You're going to cast (laughs) it. Yeah, but but like, do you think I go? Oh, I've got a turn six dream trawler. You're like, cool story. Yeah. But do you think it's uh, just because it's early in the metagame? No, I just think that the ramp decks just- the, Every threat that they play is just game-ending. Uro, game-ending. Nyssa, game-ending. Every ending. card. Krasis, game-ending. Like, yep. literally everything from turn three onwards is a must-answer threat, all the way up to Ugin or whatever it is. Great Henge if you're playing mono green. Like, there's just all these different things that control- g- g- Honestly, I think one for one in standard in 2020- is a horrible place to be, and that sucks. What like, if they mm-hmm. reprinted Mana Leak? If they reprinted no, Mana the, Drain, the ban- maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, then the <laughs> band deck gets Mana it. Leak isn't good enough, man. Yeah. Because, no. like, we, we've already got Sensor. We've got the um, Mystical yeah, Dispute, which yeah. hits a lot of stuff. It, it, like, our this counters th- aren't great at the moment, but we have a bunch of them. Three mana counters, yeah. Just, I guess my point was, uh, yeah, do we have a good two mana- Would a good two mana counter- Like, Remand. Would that make a difference? R- Remand's good against Uro. Yeah. But yep. uh, other other than that, it's probably not that good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, R- Remand is an amazing card, and that, that might help a lot. You know, like, it's good against Nyssa. It, it's good against, like, all of those big things, but they just untap and do it again. Yeah, but it's also not <laughs> as good when your opponent who's playing Bant or Simic has access to Mystical Dispute. Yeah, that is and an they extra just, theory. They just yeah. wait an extra turn, and they've got a one-mana counter spell, so... Yeah, it's the other issue is the ramp deck. Yeah, the reason why the aggro decks aren't as good is the the mana. Like the you know if you're yes. playing gruel, you have stomping grounds, but your only other dual land is temples, which come into play tapped. So aggro decks it they just struggle because they can't get those or they can't guarantee those quick starts with good mana. So yeah, either that or you have to play three colors like Mardu Knights, and you just yeah, have yeah. T- well, but you're playing we- Fable Passage in those decks as well, right? Yeah, and, and so, so you end up in the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, if you swap out those temples, which what I was hoping we would see reprinted in 
core twenty twenty one is painlands. Yes, please. And all of a sudden yes. you're in a you're in a totally different position because you can just play, you know, four sacred foundries and four battlefield forge, and all of a sudden your mana is actually pretty good. So. Yeah, and and, and that Zendikar, just that hopefully we the, get like fast lands or something like that, perhaps. Yeah, but yeah, but that, yeah. that just puts the advantage on those decks that that don't mind going bigger. And when you can, like we saw it when I was streaming the other night, when you can go, you know, forest grazer and put a temple in into play, Feels you, just, good. you don't care that it comes in tapped because it's coming in tapped anyway off the grazer, and you get to scry. So the value is just so high. So wizards, if you're listening. Please give us pain lands. We need them for Pioneer yeah. anyway. I've got all these so. whiteboarded ones I need to use. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> all these opponents we need to tilt. What's yeah, worse? It's a good point because no, you're lacking a good option in both Historic and Pioneer for some of those lands as well. Yeah. yeah. Yep. E- either fast lands or pain lands would actually make a big difference to giving aggressive decks a chance. Yeah, I agree. There we go. We just solved all of the problems. Uh, and then uh, in our show notes, there's, a, there's another tier of, of decks there. <laughs> tier 14. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so we're just going to skip to tier 14, and that, that is whatever Cracker has uh, listed on his arena here, according to our show notes. I don't know how Correct. they got there. So. I, I put it in there. Oh, okay. oh, uh, <laughs> I was trying to play some Izzet spells last night, and uh, it, it was fun until my opponent went turn three, three fairy, and I was like, okay, sure. And then turn four, four fairy. And uh, Oof. that's that's a rough combination to try and fight through mm. with a couple of Terramanders <laughs> <laughs> or, or hasty Sprite Dragons. Because yeah. actually, let's can we talk about New Teferi for a second? Yeah, go for it. And, and I'm not looking to bash particularly. Because like, you've I, spent the last year talking about three fairy in a negative correct. light. So are we correct. just getting an upgrade now? It's not an upgrade, but I actually think that it's interesting and it's stronger than I expected it to be. Like looking at it on paper- and before we got to kind of play with or against it, it it seemed good, right? Like you could see that you go, all right, well, I get to loot twice and I get to like, you know, phase something out. And that's not as good as bouncing it, but, you know, like it's still okay and it costs four. doesn't matter. The fact that you can do phasing at instant speed is huge. That, that has been way more impactful than I expected it to be. Even having like read it and understood that I could do it during like declare attackers. But it just means that like- I can't double block things because if I do that, then they just wait it till I've declared my blockers. Up. It just messes combat up so horrendously. And if you don't put, like, if you go, all right, I'm going to attack Teferi, right? I'm going to try and clear him with creatures and they've got, you know, nothing to do. I can send enough damage at it to kill it with one creature and then attack them to try and, you know, chip them down. You can't. You have to, like, overcommit to trying to clear it, which means that if you don't commit enough, then they can just loot and then they're filling up their graveyard, they're sculpting their hand or, you know, or they get to phase it out. So, look, really, really strong. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I don't know what shell it is, but card is really good. Planeswalkers are a difficult card to evaluate at first. Yeah. Uh, But this one, uh, as as with Three Fairy, uh, seemed obviously good and that that is scary because there's so many planeswalkers that you're like, oh yeah, that seems powerful, but we need to see if it finds a home, or we need to actually play with that to know if it's good, and they can, you know, still turn out good. But when they're obviously good, that that frightens me a little because that generally means that they're pretty OP. You see, yeah. I like cards like uh, I've never been one that's like hated on planeswalkers. I know some people are just like 
they've ruined magic and it's you know terrible for the game whatever i actually find them like interesting i think there's some really interesting play patterns and they they are incremental advantage but i think that they've kind of been pushed to the point now where they are too good just generically i I think cards and the design like calyx is really interesting where there's more of a like deck building constraint you've got to play some enchantments and stuff and if you do calyx is nuts it draws you cards it exiles things it's super powerful it's got a really really good ultimate but it doesn't just go in every like green white deck and i it's also calyx is a great planeswalker in a limited format as well because you know if you 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 open it early and you know you go okay that's the lane i'm in right but if you open calyx in pack three and you're you know, not playing a whole bunch of enchantments, then you go, well, it pains me to pass a Planeswalker, but it's just not the right card for my deck. So that's kind of build around specific set of abilities. I agree with you. Is that they're the Planeswalkers I enjoy, but when they're just generically good, like Jace the Mind Sculptor or Teferi, then, yeah, they are a bit format warping. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that, like, the last time we saw Ugin, he didn't actually see that much play. Like, it was good. It was the top end of a couple of decks, but it wasn't as omnipresent as it is at the moment. And I think that's just due to all of the insane amounts of ramp that we have. Yeah, there, there wasn't as much ramp in the uh, in the format at that time. So, it saw some play in the, as the top end in a few decks, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't overpowering. And, and what we have now is just tons of ramp, so... It's a it's a different scenario, but we've seen what you're saying before about planeswalkers like Calyx. We've seen that with like some of the Lilianas over the last couple of years that have referred oh, yeah, to like one? the zombies yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's very much you build your deck around that planeswalker and it works really good in that deck. But yeah, like you said, it doesn't just go into every single deck, which is yeah, yeah that's the the problem we have now, and especially with like the the War of the Spark planeswalkers that are. Uh, hybrid colours and things like that. Like, you, you just chuck them in Or they print colourless ones. Yeah. <laughs> or reprint colourless ones. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think, like, the the new Teferi, it's kind of similar to the five-mana Teferi, the Hero of Dominaria that we saw. Hero of Dominaria wasn't super hyped when it came out. People were like, oh, you know, it's a effectively a three-mana Planeswalker. You play it on turn five, but you get to untap two lands. And it wasn't until people really started playing with it that it was like, oh, hang on. No, this is actually really oppressive. Like, dropping it down and then being able to tuck a creature and, and or keep your mana untapped or, or whatever. Like, it was, yeah, it was actually really strong. And I think we're going to see that, like you said, with this new one. Yeah, it's a, um, the format needs to adjust and... Adjust. It will, and I think rotation will fix a bunch of this too. Like, we lose war. We lose, you know, like, a lot of the super powerful stuff that is kind of- I mean, we are at peak power as far as standard goes right now, yes. right? We have the most sets that you can have, and so this is when things tend to be, like, mythic dot deck and the most powerful strategies that you can have. So, like, it's the cycle, and I think people are just kind of end up being a little frustrated, like, you know, speaking personally, obviously- with some of the cards by this point, because you've seen them and played against them for the last couple of years. And you're like, oh, can we just do something different? So, <laughs> you know, another three months. Yeah, but there is still a lot, I, th- I think, especially for the next few weeks, there's still a lot of brewing that can be done. And Yeah, for sure. You know, if you're just playing ladder, if you're if you're in gold or, or even platinum on the ladder or, or lower than that, there's no reason why you can't play whatever you want. Like if, And that's one of the things that people often forget with magic, like, 
you hear a lot from you know the pros and the the high level players that are playing in mythic and all that sort of stuff because they're generally the ones that do podcasts and put content out there and that sort of stuff so they're complaining about the meta game and, and all that sort of thing because that's what they see and it affects them personally in a lot of cases it, it affects them financially in, in, in terms of how good a format is and, and whether they want to actually play in it but if you're just like us and you're just a bunch of beans that just jump on and jam magic every now and then it really doesn't matter like if, if you as long as you can get on and play a deck that you enjoy and win half of your games then like you should be pretty happy i know, I know i'm happy if i <laughs> if i play for a couple of hours and i win half my games it's always nice when you end up a little bit higher on the ladder than when you started but gotta complete those quests man yeah that's right so there's still plenty of decks that you can get enjoyment out it's it's not like okay if you don't play one of these three decks you might as well just not be playing so yeah i'm uh i'm not too disappointed about uh where the format is and i think we'll yeah we'll see quite a bit of change over the next few weeks so i played against a deck today that had he went uh my opponent went one drop moss viper two drop the what's the the new Watchwolf, the green white three three guy and uh i mean he tried to beat me down, but I just ugened him. But you know, I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, that's cool. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm just going to exile all that. My opponent was trying to do this sweet thing, and I just, <laughs> just exiled him. I just ugened him, yeah. So, Actually, yeah, wait, one, one thing that we should talk about very quickly. Uh, Chewy, mm. I was watching you stream, and you went from 20 to zero in a single combat step. Oh, my goodness, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah so did I until yep. just then. Yeah, so uh, in the early access event, uh, I was playing against. Uh, I can't. I think my opponent was just red green, and they played a Terror of the Peaks, which we spoke about earlier. And then there's a card. It's a like red and one instant, and it doubles a creature's power. So I was on twenty, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do this next turn. I should be able to just win the game from there. Sweet, I'm good. And they attack with their Terror of the Peaks, thinking, you know, I'll go to fifteen. And they went, I'll cast this thing. And I'm like, okay, I'll go to 10. And then they cast another one. So uh, It was amazing. It was it, so good. It was... Because uh, we were just chatting away and it was like, wait, what? Oh, oh, oh. You're dead. I, I lost <laughs> it. I wasn't even upset about it. Like, like it, it was uh, it was pretty great. I'll, I should go back to the VOD and I'll, I'll try to um, clip that and um, I'll put it on Twitter. Because, um, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, I don't know if that was their deck's primary objective, just to play a big that fly. Had to be. And yeah, but you know, well done, opponent, for you know drawing all of that and me not having a removal spell uh, <laughs> or a a boreal grazer <laughs> to block. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty funny, and I just I just had to laugh at it. Like it was uh, you know just the sort of nonsense that you wanted to see in the uh, in the early access event, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, if you are wanting to play something a little bit more competitive, there are another couple of the Red Bull International Qualifiers coming up. So Chewy and I, I think it was just us two, you didn't play in this one the last time, Cracker? No. Yeah, we played in, in the one previously that was probably about a month ago now, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we spoke about it on the cast, there was a few issues with how long it, the event took. You know, I was up till I think 4am trying to, trying to play through the event or whatever. And, uh, yeah, there's another one, another couple of them coming up. So the first one or the next international one is on the 11th of June. So if you're here in Australia, that starts at 5 p.m. on the Saturday, so Australian Eastern Standard Time. So it's not bad. You can sort of get on and 
play a few rounds and see how you go. And if you're winning, then you can play into the night. But if you're losing, you can still go to bed at a, at a reasonable time. And then there'll be another one the following weekend. So same, same setup, same system. It's, yeah, free entry, gets run on MTG Melee. There is a five grand prize pool, uh, but that is only for the top eight. So, yeah, you've obviously got to do very well to, to get there. And yeah, so far, well, I think I registered yesterday and there was just under a thousand people registered. The last one was, what, 4,600 people or something like that that, that actually Some registered? Monstrous it was, number. It was yeah, huge. It was huge. I'm, I'm, I'm tipping they don't get anywhere near that many this time after, yeah, sort of how poor Well, nowhere near that many played either is worth mentioning. Yeah, that's right. I think, I think there was about four and a half registered and I think like 2,800 or something actually, actually played. So. Which is still a massive tournament. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, again, it's a it's a major competition. You you play against a lot of uh, really good players, and it's free entry, and it's at a pretty decent time zone for for us. So yeah, keep an eye out for those. So the eleventh of July, and then the following weekend, the eighteenth of July. So get your uh, your standard fix before uh, something else comes out. So we sort of mentioned on the last cast that Jumpstart was coming out. We we spoke about. Uh, the M21 previews and, and mentioned that the Jumpstart previews were about to start and they came out and finished <laughs> very quickly in the space of about three or four days. I, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to really look at at uh, any of the previews for Jumpstart. We've got the, the whole thing out now. Uh, main, mainly the uh, cards that I thought might be good for Commander decks and <laughs> yeah, uh, I was kind of just scanning them and if there was you know any cool reprints. Um, hmm. There's a you know like Phyrexian Tower, Crater of Behemoth, some Ristic one, Study, one mana Black Sorcery. You wouldn't be interested in at all. Cracker. <laughs> no. um, so and like Kells the Fight Fixer, yeah, you know like kind of want to build a Commander deck around that. Maelstrom Arch- Archangel will um, go into my five color um, Honden uh, <laughs> Shrine. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> Commander deck. Uh, I won actually on um, on an auction site. I won a foil shrine of all uh, this week, so I'm pretty happy with that. So nice. Yeah, I- expect to get shrined out. So if you don't know what Jumpstart is, we yeah we did talk about it a while ago, but it is it's meant to be a, a casual fun format, I guess. So you get boosters that contain twenty cards, and each of them is uh, is based on a theme. So um, there's a whole whole bunch of different themes, like cats, dogs, Eldrazi's. Um, you know, Planeswalkers, Chandra, Garrick, Liliana, that sort of thing. And then a few random things like uh, minions and rainbows and spookies and unicorns and that sort of stuff. You basically get two packs, which ha- contain 20 cards in each pack. Uh, they also contain lands in the cards. So you you get between, I think, seven and, uh, seven and eight land cards in the deck. And, yeah, you just jam, jam two packs together and you get a mate. And they jam two packs together, and away you go. You've got your effectively built your limited decks, and yeah, you you, you play your play your game. So the set is massive. It's uh, five hundred and thirty-seven, I think, cards in in the whole set. Wow. Uh, each pack will be slightly different, so it it'll have a theme, but inside that theme there's variation that you can get so it's always going to be different and they're, they're meant to be played you just like like you play like I mean, we play mini masters where you just crack a pack and you don't look at it and you chuck a few lands in and, and play with that it's similar to that sort of thing but yeah tons of reprint 500 plus reprints and uh 37 new cards so yeah heaps heaps of uh 
good reprints for older formats and yeah, tons for, for Commander. Really clever way to, uh, to introduce new cards without them being some sort of, um, you know, uh, blight on standard or to be in, you know, a, um, you know, like a legacy or modern, um, masters set, right? So, um, to have it as a, you know, people love mini masters or pack wars or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, supporting that as a, as an idea to, to play these things, I think, I think it's pretty cool. I, something different and, um, you know, I, th- I hope it works and I hope we see this sort of innovation. Yeah. It's, it's the sort of thing that would be cool if you've got, kids that you, you probably don't want to start them on this because the the cards that are in the set or in the packs are going to be complicated cards like i have a couple of decks that i sort of teach i've taught my kids to play with and they're they're very vanilla they have like flying and, and that's about it in terms of abilities and, and words on the cards these aren't going to be like that they're, they're going to have you know proper mechanics and all that sort of stuff com- complicated things so yeah you probably don't want to start somebody right off on this but if you've got friends family that at least have a vague idea how to play you know, you might have played a few games with them or, or they might play the occasional commander game this is the sort of thing that's perfect for them you can just you know you, you can go and buy a box i think the the boxes are pre-ordering for 160 australian so that's what like 12 bucks us for a, for a <laughs> yeah. whole box but that's about it's, the price of a like that's about retail a for a regular box, yeah. box. How many boosters are in that pack? In that I, box, I don't though? know. I, I looked for that and I couldn't couldn't find. But normally you get it's only twenty four in these sorts of different. Well, um, how, different how many things. cards are in a pack? Did you say fifteen? Twenty. There's twenty twenty cards in a pack, but seven to eight of them are, oh, are lands. Yeah, so yeah. it's slightly less value, I guess, than a regular booster. But you're getting a lot of reprints that are going to be worth a lot of money, and there's probably going to be a bunch of cool stuff that people want like some of the the basic lands i don't know if you guys saw there's a like a phyrexian swamp it's just a basic swamp but it's it's got like you know phyrexian symbol and phyrexian writing on it things like that that's that's pretty cool it's got an obliterator on it too doesn't it uh, we're seeing a in lot of you know obliterator in historic the elspeth <laughs> <the laughs> saga are we going back to phyrexia uh, again i think we might be at some point something brewing Oof. there something brewing yeah are they going to give us phyrexian manor again no they better not no <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I really hope Come not. on, bring back probe. You never yeah. did anything wrong. Yeah, but yeah, it's a, some something cool to sort of suck people in and, and get them playing a bit more. And yeah, like this is the sort of thing. If if I I'm not, I'm not going to buy a box. I you know it's not the sort of product that I want to spend my money on. But if I was to buy a box, I'd be inclined to crack the packs and actually put them in sleeves and keep them as those packs. You know, put a, put a label on them or, or whatever, so you can replay them, and you can just do a lucky dip of of the packs and, and sort of get random combinations and things like that. Could be could be a pretty cool thing to do. So the cards are are coming to arena. So these cards are going to be legal in the older format. So your legacy commander vintage, but they're also going to be going straight into historic. Uh, and historic something we've we've kind of shied away from a fair bit on this podcast. We haven't really played. I know, Cracker, you've played a, a little I, bit of I've it. I've dabbled a bit, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I jumped on. You you sent me a mono-red list, and I jumped on and played a bit of mono-red on Historic. But I think that's something we might have to actually start looking into a bit more because we're, we're now adding, I don't know if it's exactly 500 cards to Historic, but we're, they're adding a lot of cards to Historic, and it really is going to be its own big format. 
Yeah, but over 300 th- there is an asterisk on that, right? Where yes. Some, yeah. uh, some of the cards that are in the physical boosters uh, are being replaced by different cards in, um, in in Arena. So there's on the – if you go to the Wizards website, it actually has uh, has those. But lightning, Chain Lightning is replaced by Lightning Strike, Lightning Bolt by Lightning Strike. Ball lightning by lightning serpent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, like, path of exile is replaced by banishing light. So they're doing that because uh, a maybe those other cards aren't coded on arena, but it's also uh, with historic in mind, which is you know predominantly a uh, an arena format. So um, you know there's there's a power level drop overall. Like the difference between exhume and Bond of Revival <laughs> is is quite high, even though they're similar effects. Um, but uh, it is a um, uh, it, we're still getting all of those other cards. So there's what maybe a dozen or fifteen cards that are being replaced out of the there's twenty. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, out of the. I, I feel personally targeted, by the way, <laughs> because of Exhume, Ex- Exhume, Reanimate, and uh, Shieldred <laughs> are all cards that I've played a lot of. Yeah. 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 Apparently, they don't want reanimated to be OP. But they've also, like, cut things like, you know, Path to Exile and, and like- Thought Scale. Why did they cut Flame Tongue Carvu? FTK yeah, that's, that's is a bit a of a man. It's really good, but it's not busted. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. No Thought Scale and no Reanimate. Yeah. They're, they're out, they are after you. Yep. Maybe um, they just really wanted Fnatic of Mogus in, in Historic for some reason, and they, could, they couldn't find room to fit it in the set, and- uh, Oh yeah, had, for had the, to, had Minotaur to the tribal decks that people play. <laughs> Did they just like click like random card in Gatherer or something to replace these? Oh, they went. Yeah, they went what's three a format of four two? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But yeah, yeah so Jumpstart will be released in paper on the seventeenth of July, so about two weeks away from from when we're recording this. But it will be coming to Arena on the sixteenth of July, and yeah, yeah there'll be a, a whole bunch of stuff going into Historic. So. If you're into historic, then uh, I'm sure that's pretty good news for you. But I think I think we might have to uh, do a bit of brewing and see what we can come up with, and and might have to find, you know, allocate one of the beans to become our uh, our historic expert and keep us abreast of what's going on in that format. Because I think it could be a bit of fun. It's it's always fun brewing in a in a new thing. We sort of found that with Pioneer when that format first got birthed. It was. Uh, yeah, it was Brewer's Paradise. You could do whatever you wanted, and I think we might be seeing a, a bit of that in Historic because we're, we're also getting later on in the year Armand remasters that'll be coming oh, yeah, out, that's and, right. and that's going that. into into Historic as well. So, all right, yeah, could could be pretty cool. So, get your Brewer's hats on. Crackers just excited about cycling now because of Armand Kett. That's all. More cycling, more cycling for your cycling deck. Yeah, man. Yeah. Except they're all. I think they're all like two mana cyclers though in that set, weren't they? Nah, nah, there's a lot of one mana ones. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, it could be good. Desert Ceridon, man. Red for a six Ah, form. yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no living in, though. <laughs> sadly. Yet. Yep, yeah. yep. Um, so, okay, let's, um, that's, I think that's fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested in Historic. Uh, I, I paid attention to Historic when the Historic Anthology came out. I went, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's a real format and I'll actually, you know, care about it a little bit, but now I'm actually genuinely interested. So, yeah, um, well, there, there I, is a Mythic Invitational in a couple of months that is going to be historic as well. So, yeah, there, there will be a bit of focus on that format. Yeah, cool, excellent. Yep, cool. All right, well, I think that's going to do us for tonight. 
uh, yeah, we actually managed to stretch this into a normal <laughs> normal length episode. <laughs> Sorry, which about is good. That. No, that's all. That's all good. There's always, always lots to talk about. So, it just uh, talking about magic anytime is always fun, and and the time goes quickly when you're having fun. Correct. We're going to uh, do our normal wrap up. So we 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 don't have a league to remind you about, but uh, there will be one coming up in a few weeks. So. The way to get into that league is coming and joining us in our Discord as we plug every week. Our Discord is open to whoever wants to come and join us. You can always find the link on the show notes of the podcast or on our Twitter or Facebook. So come and join us, say good day, and uh, yeah, you'll you'll be able to get into our leagues and get access to all the lovely people that are in there that are always talking about magic. So hope that we can see you in there. If you do want to buy some physical magic cards, which I actually did myself this week, uh, you can head to mtgcardsales.com.au and use the discount code BEANS15 to get 15% off. I used my voucher that I had from the previous league, and I've bought some of the showcase cards from uh, Acoria, the uh, the comic book style art. I'm, oh, I'm nice. collecting all those up, and I think I'm going to put them in a frame. Should be should be pretty cool. Yeah, they look great. Love them. Yeah. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all those places. Just search for Magic Beans Cast and you'll find us there. Definitely come and follow us on Twitter. Uh, sorry, on, on well, Twitch and Twitter. Uh, yeah, we're starting to stream a bit more regularly. It's, there's usually at least once one stream per week, sometimes a couple. And, yeah, it's great fun hanging out with everybody on, on there. And we've got uh, lots of codes to give away. Yeah, yeah, ton, so. tons of tons of codes from the content creator program. So yeah, come and find us on there, and we uh, we like giving those away to our viewers. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are at Chewy MTG and Cracker at Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that'll do us for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next time. 